Carolina family, welcome to Wednesday in the Word. Wednesday is a special day here at Carolina because we begin the day at 6 a.m. with prayer. We have noonday Bible study, and then we come back and run it again at 7 o'clock. So we are glad that you are a part of our very special day. Now, I am Digital Pastor Sherman Nelson. I know you are surprised. I am not Anthony Moore. I know we look a lot alike, but I am not him. And we're going to go, uh, we're going to take a little detour from the lessons that Pastor's been teaching us. He's been teaching us till death do us part. And he's been teaching us the standards that of God has related to debt and how he wants us to live. Now, the reality is debt is owing somebody. And so today we're going to take a turn. And if you go with me, I promise you it won't, it won't be a bad turn. All right. All right. So the Bible tells us that we are to owe no man anything except love for one another. That's in Romans chapter 13, Verse eight, we aren't to owe anybody, but we are to love. Now, if pastor's teaching us about debt and debt is owing, we shouldn't be in debt, but we should be loving. And so today we're going to talk about how to love people, how to love the right way. And it's important that whenever we look at how to do something the right way, we have to make sure that we look at an excellent example. All right, so I want you to take out your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. And that's where we're gonna start. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two. When y'all there, type, we're all there. I have no idea that you've done that, so I'm just gonna assume um, through the unctioning of the Holy Spirit that we're all on one accord. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, verse two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to talk to you today. This is Hebrew chapter 12, verse 2. But I want to talk to you for a few moments today about this idea. Love does cost a thing. Love does cost a thing. Now, there's a phrase um, that's also a song by Jennifer Lopez. That's also a movie starring Nick Cannon um, that says love doesn't cost a thing. The actual vernacular says love don't cost a thing. And it's based on the notion that real love doesn't require money. Real love does not require a lot of money. And that you can have quality love without spending a whole lot of money which is true, but that notion takes us away from the actual truth, which is, but love does cost. It may not cost money, but love does cost. Now, salvation is a free gift. We see in the most popular verse in the Bible, John chapter three, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave, all right? We see in Romans chapter six, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The gift, God gave the gift of God. 
All right. Salvation is a gift. It is a gift that you don't have to pay for. I don't have to pay for. And we give God praise for that. But while salvation was free for us, it did cost God. And we will demonstrate, we'll go through this verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, and we'll look at how Jesus prepared himself, how Jesus, in a perfect example of faith, in a perfect example of submission, demonstrated for us what to do when it's time for us to love. Now, Jesus shows us how to live a life of faith. In our text, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author of, which means the chief leader and the finisher means the only one who ever did it perfectly of our faith. The Greek word for, for author is archigos. And you can hear part of the word architect an archetype, which means a structure, a design. Jesus laid out for us what faith looks like. And not only did he lay it out, but he walked it out. And he showed us how to love properly. All right. So that's why the verse begins with, we look unto Jesus. So our model for how we do anything is looking at how Jesus did it. How are we going to love? Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because not only did he design it, but he walked it all the way out. All right. Now, the first thing Jesus did, and I, I want to be brief. The first thing Jesus did, he considered the value before the cost. He considered the value before the cost because the value is long lasting. So it says, Jesus considering the joy that was before him. Jesus faced the cross. Jesus came into this world knowing that he was going to end up on Calvary's cross, that he was going to end up in a borrowed tomb. He knew that. But it said, considering the joy that was before him. See, he didn't think about the cost more than he thought about the value. He didn't think about what he was going to pay. He thought about what he was going to get. What was he going to get? Beloved, he was going to get us. Jesus said, the joy in my heart is to be reconciled with my children, with my siblings, with my brothers and sisters. Now, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, we learned that God created a, a garden and he placed Adam there and he saw that Adam was alone and he made a helpmeet for him. But the Bible also tells us that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Jesus originally spent time just hanging out with us, walking around with Adam. So, Adam, what you into today? Well, you know, I'm looking at this river. OK, OK, OK. They spent quality time together. Then sin came in and there was a schism between us. Jesus had to die on the cross to reconcile us. The value is, the joy is that I have paid the price and now I'm going to be reconciled with my people. Man, y'all know the feeling. When you go home and you get to see your mama or you get to see your daddy, your siblings, your cousins, your aunties, your uncles, you get to see people that you haven't seen. You know that feeling of kinship. Jesus knew there was a cost, but he put the value before the cost. He knew that love did cost, but he also knew that love had a great value. And that value is long lasting because here's the reality. We're going to be with him forever. 
Can y'all say forever? Like forever, forever. In the words of outcast, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. We're going to be with him forever. And that was the value. So the first thing to do is consider the value before you consider the cost. Second thing, keep the cost in context because it's only temporary. All right. So Jesus knew that he was going to have to endure the flogging, the punches, the stripes. He knew that he was going to have to deal with the being pierced by nails, being stabbed in the side with a spear. He knew that he was going to have to do all of that. He knew that he was going to really die and be dead, but he also knew that he was only going to be dead for three days. So on one hand, he has eternity with us. On the other hand, he has three days. Beloved, how many of us have looked at the the cost, the three days, and said, oh, it's just too great. I can't do it. There's no way I can do it. God wants me to be holy. He wants me to live a a life of righteousness. He wants me to to be upstanding and walk with integrity. And if I do those things, I position myself to have greater access at work and greater access in my ministry and greater access in the community. And I can have all of that. That's the valuable thing. But the cost, this integrity, ah, it's too much. I can't do it. I can't submit myself to discipline for 30 days. I can't submit myself to discipline for 90 days to get my finances in order so that I can have a better credit score so that I can have the house that God intends for me. You've got to keep the cost in context. The context is that it's only temporary. 90 days of suffering for 30 years of living in the house that you want to live in. And too often we get obsessed with the cost and we skew the context and we disregard the value. He said he, he, he dealt with the shame. He put aside, he did, he, he thought of the joy and then he knew I'll, I'll endure the cross and I despise the shame because to be hung up on a tree was a shameful thing. He said, no, I'm not tripping off that. I'm not, I'm going to endure the cross because it's only one day. I'm going to be dead. That's for three days. There's a shame associated with being on the cross. But how about this? There's another story that comes after the shame. There's the glory. Because when I come out of this tomb, people will remember that I was on the cross, but they're going to tell the story of how I came out the tomb. He kept the cost in context because it was temporary. All right. So first, we want to make sure we put the value before the cost. Love does cost, but love is the more valuable thing. Second, we want to keep the cost in context. Remember, it's only temporary. It ain't going to last you forever. It ain't going to hurt you forever. Thirdly, it says, and then Jesus went and sat down at the right hand of God the Father. You have to remember who Jesus is because he is that forever. All right, so let's, let's unpack this last part. Jesus is often called our high priest and a high priest could never sit down because to sit down means I've done everything that needs to be done. But in the old Testament, the high priest constantly was on his feet because the sacrifices, the offerings were never a permanent solution for sin. They were always an archetype. They were always pointing to Jesus who is the perfect high priest who when he died and he rose and he went back to heaven, he went back to heaven and sat down 
because there was nothing left to do. He is now seated in his place of royalty. He is our king. And now he is waiting until that moment when he comes back to finish out the plan of salvation. So when we're, when we're looking at value and cost and we're trying to figure out, you know, I'm supposed to love and it costs me a lot. I got to remember who Jesus is because he's my suffering king who's now a reigning king. And because he reigns, his Holy Spirit fills me. And so I can love. Because he reigns, his spirit fills me and I can put the value before the cost. I can keep it in context. He said, I will send you the comforter and he will remind you of all the things I've said to you. Everything we need to know about Jesus, the spirit will tell us. When we open God's word, he illuminates it and makes sure that we understand who Jesus is. He is our king forever. His kingdom will never end. This is why we don't have to get overly consumed and, and, and fixated on politics and nation building and culture fighting and culture wars. Why? No, because all of those things will fade. But the kingdom of our God will last forever. So you want to know how to love? Love is going to cost you. Might cost you a little, might cost you a lot, but it's going to cost you. It is. But we're called not to be in debt, not to owe anybody, but to love them. So you know what we do owe people? Love. We owe God obedience. We owe people love. And so how do we love them? Put their value before the cost. Remember, they're made in the image of God. So whatever we're called to do, that cost don't, don't line up with the value. Then keep the cost in context. You might suffer a little bit. You got to go out of your way. Is, is it really that much? Come on, let's, 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 let's keep it on. Let's keep it 100. Is it really that much? No. Keep it in context. It's only temporary. And then remember who Jesus is. He's your forever king. And he demonstrates, because he is our forever king, he forever demonstrates what perfect love is. All right, y'all, that's my time today. I pray that this word reached you. I hope that it touched you. Um, I hope it pricks your heart. 